guys, <laughs> welcome to the show. Let me tell you, we just had our first guest of the season last week, Nathan from Wheat Coffee. It was dope. If you haven't listened, go listen. But don't go listen right now. You're here. You're committed to this episode. You have to listen to this episode now. So, you're stuck with us. Give it, give it, just listen. Just check, just check us out. Just, you're here. You know, pick up what we're putting down, you know. We got it. Let's just kick back, relax, pull out your phone, leave a five-star review, and let's just... Unless you're driving. Hit the ground running, yeah. Unless you're driving. So, guys, I was scrolling the tube recently. There she was. Yeah. Scrolling the tube. Scrolling the tube. I see our sovereign, Mr. Hoffman, posted a video. Oh, Our Majesty, Mr. Hoffman has posted a video about picking coffee and what influences and factors go into when you roll up to a shop and you're picking which bag of beans you're going to take home. And it got me thinking into how I usually choose what coffee I'm going to buy. And I wanted to ask y'all, what are some of the things that influence you when you're picking coffee? What do you usually look for? What do you stay clear of? Yeah. Parker, what about you? What are you looking for I when think, you're hitting up your local shop? So I feel like I buy most of my coffee online nowadays. Um, I've kind of tried all of the roasters in town that I want to try. Um, so like for me, the primary thing that I do is watch what my barista friends that I really respect, what they're buying and brewing. And then like I'll either buy something similar or i'll ask them like what they've had recently that they've enjoyed my friend uh erica like sends me suggestions all the time and honestly at this point i've got like a list of different roasters that i really want to try and i'm just like i don't know 10 percent through that list um but for me like i always try to try something like new because like i've had so many colombian naturals but if i can find something like a new origin or a new process or anything like that. Like that's right at my wheelhouse. I love that. Yeah. For, uh, for me, it's all about location, 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 and not just the most unique origin or the most like off brand origin. It's just knowing like the origins in general and knowing like kind of the riskier origins, I guess, in the sense of like, for instance, like I'm not looking for some like, I mean, some of the Japanese coffees are like Origins or some of the ones that even Trey showed me in season one. Like when I'm going in, if I see a Central American coffee that's not really normalized all the time, but I know has a pretty good solid origin, like nobody's going straight to Central America. They're trying to do like go deeper. But to me, I'm like, whoa, I'm down to try this like Central American coffee that's a little off the beaten path. And so to me, like the first thing I look at is that kind of an origin that's like interesting to be honest, if I see an Ethiopian, I might come back and get by that later. I'm not going to just diss it, but ev- everybody kind of does an Ethiopian. And so I want to try to see if there's not something more unique, but just kind of like off the beaten path, but not completely like totally hipster, if that makes sense. And then the second thing I look at is tasting notes of like, not to know what I want to taste, but if tasting notes on a coffee bag are outlandish a lot of times, that turns me off. I'm like, look, you're saying like, bubble gum and like that mint that you spit out that you put in there and that's what you smell and that's what you taste in this coffee like no like that's just too much and i'm not 
I want something that's going to be, especially if I'm getting a bag and I'm going to buy it right there off the shelf and I'm taking that $15, $20 out of my pocket to buy it. Um, I want it to be something that I know I'm going to go home and enjoy. And if that gets me from that roaster, that's what's going to make me go back and get the Ethiopian or the, you know, bubble gum put back in the Raptor and you smelled it. And that's what this tastes like kind of, you know, tasting note. Like it's going to make me want to, because I'm going to be like, well, I trust that if you show love to your Mexico, then you're going to show love to your Ethiopian or your most, most outlandish coffee. And so to me, it's all about the locations, not like the most unique, but do you have an actual variety of location in just your lineup in general? Preach, brother. Dope. I think, like, sometimes I look for, I mean, if I've had a roaster and I really enjoy, like, the way, like, the roast profile of, like, man, the way this roaster roasts, like, they're bringing out something really delicious and consistent in all these different coffees that I really like. Sometimes that could be a safe bet. Like, there's roasters like Little Wolf. I love the way they roast their coffee. And it always has a great, consistent taste all throughout. And that's why I like and feel safe going with them. Um, yeah, or like Methodical. They have a whole different vibe how they roast. But they make great, consistent coffee, origin to origin. Um, for me, I think, and especially if you listen to Sip the Drip Season 1, which, by the way... We have a sip the drip coming up soon. I'm gonna be ordering some coffee, so get excited for that. Bring it but back. Uh, if you listen to sip the drip season one, a lot of the coffees I chose, I chose them because while they were one region and one process, they might have tasted like a different region and a different process. And to me, that excites me more. Like if you, if I see a Ethiopian and it's uh, natural, and you say it tastes like blueberries, cherries citrus whatever like i'm gonna be like okay like yeah that's kind of exciting if you give me the same ethiopian same region but it's a wash and you say something like you know earl gray and um maybe like brown sugar like if you say like certain things like oh man that kind of gets me more intrigued because you get more to what i like to taste in coffee like i don't always want to have like a crazy like natural juicy natural coffee like in the mornings i want something sweet and like real chill not really earthy but just like oh that little wolf we had in season one that actually had tasting notes of earl gray and it literally felt like i was tasting i was drinking earl gray tea yeah during one part after it's cooling down like it was so freaking good Uh, that's kind of what gets me excited so like and sometimes it can be the other way around. Like, you know, it could be a Central American and it's a natural or it's even if it's a wash and it's just got really awesome, juicy notes. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. I kind of like when coffees are like against the stereotype of what they usually are and they're kind of more the opposite. That's kind of what excites me. Yeah, man, Parker, why do you have to say what I wanted to say? Uh, I so sorry. love trying new stuff, whether it's like usually roasters that I haven't tried before that get recommended to me, origins that I haven't tried before and like processes that are kind of new to me. Like I'm, I'm super keen to just like try like the wildest offering that like a roaster has. I guess I'm also really attracted to like limited releases and I, I don't want to say that in a snobby way, but usually like I find that if a roaster has a limited release that say might be a little bit more expensive for a smaller bag or something, 
you know they've put some time and care and effort into like roasting that to the best they can and they like really want to highlight it and obviously like price it according to like what it's worth um sometimes compared to like say that guatemala that they have on the shelf year round that might have been like a bag of green coffee that's been sitting around for a while or whatever sometimes like a roaster will just have like one or two bags of this one coffee and they just want to give you the best possible like roast they can you might not ever have this coffee ever again but it's cool that you can at least get your hands on like a little bit of it um but yeah i like trying like stuff that's like maybe totally wild and something like flavor notes i've never seen before whether it's like like that chewing gum or like <laughs> candied flavors and like funky stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I like stuff that's weird and wild, but I do like sticking by some like true favorites of just like some classic chocolatey nutty coffee sometimes. But yeah. 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 And we've definitely seen some like really out there limited releases this year. At least I have with like, Brandywine and Onyx has been doing some like really weird processing stuff with their coffees, which has been super exciting. Um, but you know, that makes me think too, like we've seen a lot of, uh, really kind of cool trends popping up. Like processing is definitely one of them. Um, but there's also some ones out there that you know are a little bit questionable, especially like there's some like brewing trends, there's some processing trends, there's some just like cafe trends in general. So I wanted to like ask y'all about kind of like some weird kind of coffee trends you've been seeing and I'll, uh, I'll start us off here. So I, th I think one of the weirder trends that I've seen, which I think it's come and gone by now, but do you remember like a year ago, maybe like two years ago when everyone was putting AeroPress paper filters in their espresso pucks Yes. and right on oh the top, gosh, I know bro. Trey, Trey Dex was a big advocate for this because he did it all the time when Wait we were second. hanging out. Wait. That's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> See, you know, he's, wait, a, he's a big advocate. Wait, what do you mean? Using a paper filter with a... Oh, like in the espresso portafilter? Yeah, yeah, like putting no, an AeroPress no, filter. Never did that. You, to you totally did. Yeah, he also I've never done that. He also likes I've like 40 second pre-infusions. Shut up, dude. And then like I... after a certain amount of grams, a 10 second post-infusion. Yeah. Stop. Jim. I've never done that, Parker. I promise you, because I've never used those filters. I didn't know those filters would be used any other way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I promise, Parker, I wouldn't lie. <laughs> I wouldn't lie to you. I, I honestly, I thought you were talking about in an AeroPress. I'm like, wait, you don't use a paper filter in an AeroPress? <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, wait a second. What are we talking about? On I top read that of totally an espresso wrong. pot. So confused. No, I've never. That would be kind of interesting. I've never done that before. Yeah, that's like, like what, it what it does. That's one of those things too, where like you go to those cringy Facebook coffee groups, and it's just a bunch of these like men in their like thirties and forties that are really like air quote addicted to coffee, and they like make coffee at home all the time. They go like crazy, and they I'm just addicted. they always like uh, they just post the cringiest things, and that's why I'm on those groups because I just love just like laughing and be like, you're overthinking this, friend. <laughs> but uh like i remember when that trip was going on people and like those home espresso groups were just straight up like like oh yeah like i'm gonna try this new like uh you know paper filter on my porta filter at for my home espresso setup and like i'm doing just, like, too much yeah dude. to really want to protect your screen i don't know 
doing the most. I know I didn't get any flavor difference out of it personally. Yeah, I don't think it would be anything worth. There's just some things in coffee that just aren't worthwhile in an actual bar mm. setting. Like, I mean, that's like most of the things that they do at competitions. Like, eh, it's just not. You just can't. It's just not realistic most of the time. Like ninety five percent of the time, ninety five percent of the shops, not gonna happen, and no one's gonna notice or care. So I've seen a trend lately in the coffee world, and you know maybe this could have fit better in our segment of grinds my birth, which I I did miss out on last week, but this trend is pretty weird, and may I say whack. Um, Whoa, we got a whack on this whack. one, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Whack trend is. Folks shaming other folks are throwing their coffee out a couple months after roast, post-roast. You know, I think that's that's a pretty weird trend I've seen recently. You know, I, I see people, they vacuum pack their coffee, they freeze it. So cool. Wish I could invest in one of those, but I don't know if I just want a vacuum sealer for my coffee. But you can catch me having coffee on hand a couple months post-roast, making some flash brew with it. And I have no shame. Three months post-roast. I I have it in a sealed bag. That's okay. But some people don't think that's okay, which is not cool. Have you have you lost a lot of flavor because of that? Yeah, for sure. But I... To, wait, is Parker shaming you oh. right now? No, I'm I, not. I think I'm so. just asking a simple he's, question. No, it's an inquiry. I, 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 I think he's digging a little bit. He's like, yeah, but hold up, think about it. Have you lost yeah. flavor? Of course. <laughs> now but you, you make why. adjustments accordingly. You either up your dose, you make the grind finer, you do you do some some playing around, and tips, you can still come out with something. Yeah. And you know, maybe I'm making an iced coffee and I'm putting some sugar and milk in it. I don't know. I'm why masking not? those weak flavors. It doesn't matter. I'm still drinking it. I'm not going to like put those golden beans in the garbage. That is just horrible. I'm not going to waste beautiful product like that. But yeah, I have too much coffee in my shelves right now. I already know it's going to be sitting there in a month, some of it. True. But I'm not going to throw it out. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Totally. But you know, like, to be fair to someone like me, like, it's not that I don't want to drink the coffee when it's gotten old. But it's the fact that if it's gotten old, I didn't enjoy it a whole bunch. Like, Mm -hmm. I liked it, but not enough to drink it, like, a ton. I don't, like, honestly brew a ton at home unless I really like the coffee I have. Like, my wife, the best way she could probably figure out what my favorite roast and brands or whatever is, is just by, like, how empty the bag gets before I throw it in the trash can. Because... I just honestly, if I get bored with it, I'm just not going to drink it because I know myself and I'm just going to end up going to Manchester every morning and getting espresso or drip before work rather than making coffee and then going to work. And sometimes it's how it is. Like I have coffee sometimes just sits on my shelf and it's like, well, I mean, I'm not going to drink it. I'm just not interested in it. I didn't enjoy it that much and I am not going to enjoy it anymore now that it's old. <laughs> so it's not that I don't think it'll be good. Mm-hmm. I've just... Not gonna drink it, probably. Yeah, you know the, the coffee that's been sitting there the longest is yeah. probably your least favorite. I, I, I always at least keep a bag. It's like I will never let this house not have some coffee to be brewed. So I have one bag on my shelf right now, and it's a little bit past a month now. And I'll probably brew with it again. Might brew some espresso with it, um, maybe like tomorrow or something. But other than that, I'm kind of like I'm done with it. 
So it's like, I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for my next new coffee to drink and enjoy. Or you can pawn it off to one of your friends who's maybe a not serious coffee drinker. And they're like, That's fair. they won't even know the difference. That's fair. It's a good idea. So the trend, the trend that I think is whack is using a spoon to stir your espresso. What? Hey. And what the last year, all right, I'm kidding. It's pro- probably the most whack trend is uh, barista podcasts. No, that's not it either. Uh, that's not too it. many of them. Too many. <laughs> um, I'm about to boot you out of here, bro. Don't do that. Uh, actually, this is a trend that I. It's not that I think it's bad. I do question it. Only because I've been to, it's just like, I don't get it. But uh, people that use the mod bar. No, I'm kidding. Uh, gosh, that's, I'm not. a lot of trends. <laughs> I'm not. The shot here. So, <laughs> so many shots. Wow. Uh, no, but I think shops that um, only do pour overs, they don't do drip coffee. Like they don't do batch brew. And it's not like a trend that I think is like bad. It is one that I question in the sense of like, what what is so bad about, I mean, they make such great brewers now, right? That Fedco XTS, like the the one that's like fully digital now, um, they even get rid of the metal baskets. Like they went with this like beautiful, like super like heat absorbent plastic that's not like going to burn the crap out of you if you touch it. But And you can tell Fedco's like cared about it. And even some Curtis ones, brewers are great too. But you can fine tune those things like you can schedule, you can make their pulses a certain way. Um you can even have it like a certain amount it fills over time. Like you can literally make it great. And I've seen batch brews that brew half gallons instead of gallons. And it gets near. I mean, Parker was there one time and I tasted one um, from Honest Coffee that we put in our batch brew. It's I mean, if you put a pour over in that next to me, I wouldn't know the difference. I honestly couldn't tell the difference. And um, I think that, of course, there's a lot of tweaking and a lot of little things involved, of, of course, of how to get it there. But I do think there is a consistent recipe that you could get in a batch brew. And I do think the convenience of a batch brew is good, too. Um, I just I think it's having like an, a pour over only bar. It's really cool. It's really noble. It's, it shows that you want to take care of each cup fully artisan, um, which is OK. It's the same thing as having a full manual machine. Like I'm a firm believer that if you have a large customer base, and you have a full manual machine, you don't care about your customers as much because you would rather give them inconsistent espresso more likely than consistent espresso only because we're humans and we're going we're gonna to stop that drip after 36 grams with the scale. Like, it's just going to happen. Um, that doesn't mean, like, people that use manual brews are horrible. It just means, like, it's tough. It's harder work. It's harder work to do that. It is. Yeah. Uh. Um, I feel like, but if you can pull it off, like if you can put in that work as a shop to do pour overs as drip and stuff, it's awesome. But I just question like, why not have a batch brewer? Why not use an AV machine that's actually going to get you consistent volumetrics? But of course, that's you know, that's just me. I'm getting too passionate about these things. <laughs> I get I it. I feel like, like you know. Uh, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say like, especially caring about your clientele, like obviously putting care and like more of like a barista touch into a pour over is really great. But like you have those reliable regulars that come in every morning that are on their way to work They're They need a coffee and they like your batch brew. They want to be in and out. They they don't want to wait for the pour over. It's not convenient for a lot of people. Totally. Totally. I think, yeah, there's a shop in that used to be in Amarillo, Texas that did only pour overs. They didn't have, um, 
And it was great, great coffee, honestly. But yeah, like, I love. I feel like I just get so fatigued doing that all day, like making just pour overs. Like, if you had a lot of people de- ordering them, and and your customers get fatigued thinking like, uh, I want to go by there, and they have great coffee, but it's like, if they literally have four wait. people that they have yeah. four people that want drip coffee along with me, like I'm gonna be waiting fifteen minutes, like or yeah. longer to get drip. Yeah, and but um, it's tough. Yeah, there's a shop in Louisville, Kentucky, called a uh, Synergos. And they don't do uh, pour-overs. They only do, like, Fetco. And they have really cool, like, reasoning. They're pretty much like, hey, this machine, it wakes up, and its sole purpose in life is to pour water on coffee and do it consistently. (laughs) And we believe we can dial it in just as well. And so that's what they hold by. They still, to this day, that's what they do. And it's awesome. They do a... uh, They they only have done it once so far, I think. But uh, I think it was, like, the beginning of 2018... They did this thing called, uh, I think I think it was called, like, or maybe it was beginning of 2019, they did this thing called Man versus Machine or something like that. And what it was was their head of coffee, would, they, they give people, they compete, they give everybody the same uh, roast. It was like a Guatemala or something. And everyone had could come in, brew a cup of coffee with this Guatemala and make the best they could with a pour-over or whatever, like, manual brewing device they wanted. And it had to beat the Fetco that they had at the shop dialed in to brew the same coffee. So they'd have like the face of the barista, and then like they put the they do a blind like tasting where they put like the Fetco's Guatemala and then your Guatemala. And if you lost, they would put your picture and they put it in a shredder. It was like super cool. And then like they had it in a competition <laughs> style, so like the people that like beat the Fetco would move on, and then they could like also do a demonstration for everybody there, like how like how they brewed the coffee or whatever. But it was just kind of to prove like, hey, like yeah, you can definitely make super great coffee manually, but the fact that this Fetco can take out half of these very confident baristas is proof enough that there's nothing wrong with an automatic machine. Mm-hmm. That is so I just cool. thought that was kind of dope. Yeah. I hope they do it again because I really wanted to. I didn't really want to compete, but I really just wanted to go and be there because it looked like a super fun event. But then, you know, COVID happened the next year. So maybe it'll happen soon. We'll see. But that'd be cool. Okay. My thing is uh, the the trend. It's not as po- like it was really popular like two, three weeks ago. Everybody's doing it. The, <coughs> it's called the Kubami Met method with pour overs where you make put the stick in the middle and then you you like swirl the stick around and it makes this like little weird like vortex and everybody a few weeks ago was just freaking out on it especially nick i'm just playing I'm so but guilty <laughs> i i've i've actually tried it once wow. but i honestly to be fair i did it just because i saw people doing it i have not even looked into what it is though and like why people are doing it i mean i think it looks really beautiful and I can maybe see at least here's my my this is with zero research. I'm guessing maybe it also has something to do with like getting water directly into the middle of that uh, cone pour over setup, you know, getting down into that the middle of, and I, working the water all the way up to kind of help get an even bloom, even extraction in the very beginning. That's my guess. I don't know what 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 is with that. I don't get it completely abandoned that trend uh, after the peak of it that's for sure it was definitely just for the aesthetic and yeah. now i can't be bothered <laughs> start with flatbed end with flatbed that's it <laughs> that's what i'm saying like uh, i don't know man yeah that's all for i got gram, on that, though. like a lot for of the gram, trends. you, you yeah. do it and you show people that you made it yeah that, that is it and then There's you're a breaking you're cool. guys i'm sorry this just in 
we have dun, dun, dun. Bruise, bruise and news breaking right now. Yeah, you said there could be music, live. and I didn't hear any music in the last episode. Yeah, I got lazy. I got lazy on that last episode, guys. Um, I got lazy. That's is there a, is but, there music playing now? Who knows? We don't know yet. Trey sang we it. Won't we don't know. need music. Yeah, yeah. Is, is Trey Dex too lazy to put music in the podcast episode? We'll find out this week on Social Social Podcast. Now to weather. Okay. Um, guys, here's the deal. Speaking of all this, like, what's hip happening in the coffee world, let's talk brews and news, okay? Let's get, let's get, let's get down to the info. Just in, literally just past this, right here, our coffee meme friend, 50%, uh, okay, question mark, wait, question here, Arabica? Yeah. Arabica. Okay, 50% Arabica. Not Arabica, not that. Um, has got his account back. Yeah. Guys, he's back. And he's been making up for lost time with delicious, tasty Lots of meme, meme content. Oh, Lots yeah. mm. of content. Guys, go check him out. 50% about Arabica. It. Not, Ara- oh, not nope. Ara- Ara- Arabica. Nope. Arabica. Nope, okay. not that. Yes. Okay. Chipotle. It used to be 50% brace. <laughs> <but that's> <laughs> Shalotsky's. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's great. Um, but speaking of meme content, Trey Cal has been on the TikTok game. What? Yeah. Like, I may have a first TikTok. It's on TikTok. First social media TikTok. It's so good. I saw it. I saw I got tagged in it late at night. I was in bed and I was wedding myself. It's so good and so accurate. We should definitely plug it with this episode in the yeah. description. It's I so made good. it at one in the morning last <laughs> night. I was just laying in bed. I was like, I need to just make a TikTok already. And I've been thinking right about now. the specific one because Parker did one with like cameras a few weeks ago. And it's one of my favorite TikToks. It's like yeah. what your whatever says about you. And you just put like whatever you want. So like I did brewers, like coffee brewers. And it was kind of funny because like somebody commented on it. And it was like, I feel like a lot of these, you didn't know where to put them. So you just put them wherever. And I was like, well, you're dumb because you probably just don't know anything about coffee. No, they all fit in the right yeah. place. If you saw, because I was like, they probably saw the Fetco and they're like, what the heck is that? They don't know. what I'm like, no, because Fetco's awesome. All right. Yes. Don't like, not. Fetcos are everywhere. They're not niche. Listen, what do you mean? Don't don't tread on the fetco. That's all I gotta say. Don't tread. Don't, don't tread on my fetco. Don't step on snake. All right. Don't do it. It's the fetco's my baby. All right. But <laughs> yeah. Baby. I mean, I will say though, I I forgot about the AeroPress, so that one I did kind of throw in last second. But it was cool. I didn't really know how to make the like pictures small enough for the TikTok, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. I'm gonna start. I think I need to. I'm working my way up to like showing people my face more often and like doing TikToks with me. I'm just not, I'm a camera shy kind of guy. Like, I'm just kind of like, you listen to my voice, but don't look at my face. You know? <laughs> me. That's just me. But, anyways, yeah, I got more stuff coming. I got some ideas cooking in the brain. That's some so. hot news. Yeah. Now to sports. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this just in uh, Honeybee Coffee expanded. Our friends that hooked us up some coffee a few weeks ago. Um, they just opened up a location in the mall or a mall in Knoxville, which, okay, okay, guys, hear me out. 
this is the this is the future. Okay. I have literally had this conversation with my wife walking around the mall. I was like, malls are stupid. Like we don't go to these stores anymore. We order our stuff online. There's just these big, huge buildings with stores that we don't need to actually go to physically anymore, in my opinion. And they're all emptying. People are running either crappy stores or it's just over the done stores. And I've always told my wife, I was like, look, all these places, this could just be an amazing hangout space where all these like stores could be bars and restaurants and coffee shops. And this is the future. I'm just saying, bro, like this is, we need, we this need is a sign. third wave of malls. Yes, we are literally waiting for the third wave of malls because if we don't, malls are just going to die. And I think, honestly, yeah, I think, honestly, this is what it's going to look like. We're going to see more restaurants and, like, breweries or coffee shops, like, opening up in malls. I think it just makes sense, like, Mm -hmm. because shopping in malls is kind of stupid now, unless you're, like, (coughs) in middle school. But that's just me. Well, speaking of the future. Tell me about it. coffee. This just in breaking news um it looks like i will be opening a coffee shop oh so yeah i paused for effect there so people in their cars and listening to podcasts to go <gasps> so they can pull off to the side of the road and brace themselves <laughs> ever sit down <laughs> you're gonna need to sit down if you're standing up no uh i got the opportunity so it's still there's a few details we're figuring out Basically, um, I wanted to start one about a year or so ago, and I gave, I decided to give Trey basically the idea when I left Lexington, um, and Trey's just been working heavy and super hard on kombucha, and the the idea was like from forever ago when Trey wanted to start a coffee shop before I even really cared about doing it, um, and I gave him the idea for the aesthetic and the style, but they wanted a different name and a few other of their own things, so... Basically, I had an idea for a shop, and I kind of expanded on it, was going to open it last year, Um, but honestly, not just COVID, but just like ownership of the space that we wanted to have, like nothing really lined up. So uh, recently, I was talking uh, to one of my close friends, like a mentor in my life, about kind of that passion, that dream again, and I was like, I don't know, like if I had the startup money, I could make it happen. And so uh, he also... um, there's a church that we're connected to that I've been going to for a while and I've been lucky enough to be able to work with and they offered to basically help start this shop. Um, at first I didn't want to do nonprofit cause I've kind of been burned in the past by nonprofit shops or cho- shops open, owned by churches. But the thing is, is like, I just kind of set forward, like I want the shop to be near, I want it to look like it's completely independently ran. Um, I don't want to have somebody looking over my shoulder. Uh, somebody that hasn't worked in coffee, basically tell me how, Things should be done in coffee, to be honest. And I kind of just set my boundaries. And uh, I had somebody like Parker to help me kind of like figure out a way that my creative rights could be um, respected. And so they're still deciding if they want to do my idea um, and figure out a payout that would benefit me from my creative idea. Because it's a completely kind of different shop from any shop in Nashville, uh, which I'm going to express more details on as kind of like things get approved. Just because I don't want to like release too much before things kick off. But with that and me basically taking that risk and taking that step to run a shop, even if they don't take my idea, I'm still going to, um, if they want to open a shop, I'm going to help them get it started. Might not be my idea, but I'd love to be a part of like running and starting like a shop in any case. It's fun. But I figured for the podcast sake, I don't know anything about starting small businesses and I don't know anything about numbers and projections 
And I know a little bit from a manager standpoint about scheduling costs, payroll, the classic stuff that managers have to deal with or ordering or staying under a certain budget. Cause I've been told to by an owner. Um, but I have never really had to like create and sell an idea for investors or show them projections of how much a place can make or figure out a split or uh, how much somebody can make in a year profit or how to pay your employees as in how much they should make and all of those crazy number things that honestly are super difficult for a person that isn't really have a degree in business. So with that, I figured it'd be cool on the podcast every once in a while to kind of do a check-in on my shop, which is called Primitive Coffee. Um, and the whole point of it, like kind of like releasing my process in the release and the start of a coffee shop from a barista standpoint that just has experience and no money, like to be able to start one on their own. And basically, I'll start with this. This is a little fill-in. Um, and something to consider. If you're somebody out there listening to the podcast, it's like, man, I want to start a shop one day. Um, I'm, I'm going to give you literally the first thing to do. And my buddy Trey and a guy that we've had on the podcast, Kindle, showed me this. And sit down, and even if you don't have investors yet, write out everything for that idea. Not just the mission statement, not just the business plan. I'm talking about your drink ideas, your creation ideas. Make a cart. Literally start researching online. Make a spreadsheet of how much every single item costs to start a cart and then to start a bar. Not build out stuff. You'll figure that out later. But the starting cost of it all. And have that in a Google Drive in your back pocket because you never know who you're going to talk to. And they're like, oh, you want to start a coffee shop? Be like, yeah, I actually have all the details right here. And if you're there, sitting there at your coffee shop chilling or you're just doing not doing anything that day, start looking at like those dual boiler single head espresso machines that you would have on a cart or the type of grinder that's a good budget grinder to start. Um, start writing it out, putting it on a spreadsheet. See that dream kind of on paper. Um, but hopefully in the next coming weeks when I get more answers, I would love to take you guys kind of through that process and even um, give some videos to Trey to kind of show like what Primitive's working on and what it's like to start a coffee shop business with no money, just lots of experience and friends and people that you know. And that's all it takes. Let's, Spread let's the knowledge. Happens. I love it. Yeah. Super dope. So cool. Well, yeah. Right video. I found a video and oh. it made me laugh. It made me cry because it's a little too true, but I think we can all relate a little bit and have a good laugh together. I'm getting some really unexpected notes. Of course it's got a Chemex. <laughs> what temperature do you bring your water to for pour overs? You bring your water to a boil first. Hmm. I just switched to a hand crank coffee grinder. Talk about getting my cardio in for the day. <laughs> I just started using alkaline water for my brewing setup. It is killer. Get this, I made a pour over <laughs> in a friend's house. No gooseneck spout. It was like performing surgery with a chainsaw. It was like trying to compose a symphony with earplugs in. Heavy molasses. <laughs> it's pretty smoky. I'm tasting meat. Am I That's crazy? me. That's me. This one's very apricot Bacon. forward. I'm I say, getting a I say gratuitous every amount of plums in this one. <laughs> so many freaking plums in this cup. Might as well be, a pl be plum juice. I've been experimenting with different <laughs> coffee to water ratios. I'm using a 15 to 1 ratio here? Oh. Do I want cream? 16 to no. 1. Why don't I put a little ranch 5. on my Kobe beef? 5. How about I just put a few ice cubes in my Merlot? 
Ethiopian. Is this Colombian? Is this a Sumatran? Dried cranberries. <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't put enough emphasis on filtration. I'm a filters man myself. <laughs> Is this single origin? The origin could not be more single on this. You look at my pantry, all filters. Do I buy beans in bulk? <laughs> That's hilarious. I really only use roasters who have relationships with coffee farmers. It's the right thing to do. If this is not fair trade, <laughs> so help me, I will pour this out right freaking now. <laughs> I hate unfairly traded beans. Going down the drain. Very leathery. It's like an old book. Literally, this tastes like pond water. You think they got it out back? I feel like there's a pond out back. Did someone steep a shoe in this? <laughs> Honestly can't tell if I'm drinking coffee or chicken broth. This coffee tastes like I'm Nickelback in. sounds. It tastes Big like prison coffee. Oh, oh my, my gosh. That's that good. That's good. I like that video. Back line gets me. It's uh, too good. There is a okay. They brewed with a Chemex, and it's just funny because anytime people make fun, this has happened in the last video we watched. Anytime people make fun of people that like coffee, they're brewing on a Chemex. So just oh, yeah. you brew with a Chemex on a regular, you look like a clown. I'm just playing. No, 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 because no, it's the easiest thing. No, here's my thoughts with the Chemex. Though I think it's so Come true. On. Anyone that has used a Chemex ever will agree with me that the Chemex is the gateway drug into brewing coffee. I like when you, you get totally. a Chemex, you know you're going to end up getting a bunch of other coffee brewers after that because you're going to be hooked on pour overs and you're going to want all the different experiences. I'm guilty. I and, had a Chemex. That was my first it's one. It's just not enough. And it's just yeah, not exactly. enough. It just falls short of what you need. But uh exactly. That's this video kind of reminded me of this one coffee video that was kind of a similar idea. And the guy was like drinking this video. He's like, it it tastes kind of like the farmer might have gotten in some papayas that day. Like, God, like <laughs> oh my god. I like it. I like I like the content of making fun of ourselves too, because you know that they know what they they're talking about and they're just making. We made fun a podcast about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The line at the end page. where he talks about prison coffee, and he's like, "Have I ever? Yes. Have I ever prison? No." Is me with apricot because I'm like, I that note, and then I'm like, "Have I ever had an apricot? No." But oh exactly. Like, <laughs> I remember the every... first time, one of the first times I like made fun of baristas in front of other baristas. I said like, "Yeah, it's just tasty notes of a uh, stone fruit." You know what I mean? And then one of my friends was like, "Trady noticed, you know, like." Name a stone fruit. I'm Which like, one? Uh, yeah. Stone oranges. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I don't know. What is this? St they like, yeah, this has a stone fruit taste to it. I'm like, like a general one, <laughs> like a general stone. <laughs> yeah. Fruit. I've had moments too where I've been like, I, I think every barista does that with like flavor, like on the cuffing table or like trying new stuff. Or you just like. Like, this guy tastes like honeysuckle. I've never freaking had honeysuckle, but I've definitely never. had coffee. I was like, I think this tastes like honeysuckle. I've had honeycomb cereal, which I assume <laughs> yeah. is like honeysuckle. I My know. favorite's like There's... throwing a flavor note out there, but then everyone just shuts you down. They're like, no. Like, no. <laughs> no. They're like, what that's are you like, talking about? <laughs> that's why when I do when I do cuppings, I don't talk about what the tasting notes I taste. I just say, this tastes better than that one. Like, that's literally, because I don't <laughs> even want, I don't want somebody to be like, uh, where did you get the cherry from, idiot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't even know what a cherry... Which kind of cherry? What cherry are we talking about? My favorite is when the uh, the roaster, the first note, he like, deep, dark chocolate. And so I just scratch out all my... 
chocolates and I'm like, yep, I get a caramel and and mm. milk chocolate. Don't look at my sheet. <laughs> yeah. I would say too, they talked about a uh, fair trade, like, oh, if it's not fair trade, blah, blah, blah. That cracked but me up. That cracked it, me the hell up. Well, it's funny too, because like I was actually listening to the Cat and Cloud podcast, their last episode. The uh, It's titled, I'm Not Crying, You're Crying. And they were uh, they have a really tight relationship with some of their producers, especially in Honduras. And they were kind of talking about like fair trade isn't always what it's knocked up to be. Like when you see a coffee that says it's fair trade, like there's a lot of like not exactly the same and doesn't actually always mean that like those people are like benefiting well. So if you want a little bit of a good episode to kind of get a little perspective on that, I really enjoyed that episode of that podcast. But uh, that was a really good episode. I also yeah, listened to it. They've been dropping some really great stuff lately. I've been enjoying mm-hmm. The, meaningful the convos podcast this year it's been awesome but mm-hmm. the last two specifically have been like really good but yeah well y'all i think that's it that's an episode oh, good yeah. job that's, that's the whole the show. episode so uh way to go team let's just let's just say it you know we got enamel pins go buy them Need a. we got another an week another enamel pin yeah and uh we have Empty stars. We need some five star reviews, y'all. Please go leave us a five star review and just leave a little comment. You don't have to be a paragraph. You could just literally be like, This was dope. Five stars. Let's or you go. You could say, on. That one dude that talks really soft named Parker is whack. Or you could really say, what? like, Gingers are dumb. Hey, even plug your own shop. Tell the you plug can, your, yeah. your local shop. Plug, please do it. I mean, honestly, if you plug in your shop, roaster business, we'll shout you out. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Hey, this podcast for the barista, by the barista. By the barista. Yeah. We're black. I'm going to start saying that. (laughs) Anyways, who's sending us off? Who's who's, who's into this shebang? I don't know who you're pointing at, Parker. Uh, Trey, send us off right quick. This is the Socialist Barista Podcast. Swear the cats for life. (laughs) 